Welcome back to Thinking About It. We still have that cheesy music as an intro. Uh, Andrew is our producer, and uh, he's looking into some new intros to that, but that's uh, our signature intro. I'm Bob McGregor. Andrew Noble is our producer, and uh, Dr. Dave Barker, our uh, perennial guest or co-host. I don't know how we should refer to you these days, but we're grateful that you gave your time to our podcast. So, Dave... Um, we, we want to talk today about, that uh, comes out of an article in the Gospel Coalition, which has a lot of great articles. If uh, you haven't looked into the website, uh, you want to just kind of browse through them from time to time. But uh, this one concerns us as pastors because we're confronted with a rumor and anecdotal things that um, young people are walking away from the faith. Seems to be some truth to that. Some experience it more than others. Mm-hmm. But uh, it seems to be a North American phenomenon. I don't know that that would be true all over the world, all over Christendom, but certainly in Canada and the United States, there is a walking away from the faith. And uh, there's some misconceptions about that. Why are young people um, exiting, I think, the numbers in this? Well, it's something like 15% of Americans have left the faith in the last 25 years. So that's 40 million people. And the, they define that as de-churched. Sorry, de-churched. So they, some still say they have a faith, but, but 40 mm-hmm. million Americans, their research found 40 millions used to go to church at least once a month and now currently don't go at least once a year. So that's de-churched to them, and it's, that's 40 million. And, if, and, of course, it's similar in Canada. Okay, and we all have some ideas as to why that has happened, but these guys did a little research and found out there are some myths that need to be busted. And the first one is uh, people leave primarily because of a negative experience with the church. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. You know, all Catholic church, Protestant church, there's a lot of bad press and abuse going on in the church, scandals. I, th- I think there are people who are leaving the church because of that. I mean, I, I would. For a while, or I'd be tempted to, but um, this this is a myth. People leave primarily because of negative experience with the church. You know what their answer? What you know what the myth? Well, yeah, they asked people, "Why are you leaving the church?" They asked, "Why why haven't you been to church?" And for a lot of people, it's things like, "Oh, well, we moved and we just didn't find a new church." Yeah, <laughs> like that's why. Which is superficial because I think the Dave and I were talking just uh, while you were looking after a technical thing. Um, okay, but when you move, why didn't you re-engage with a church? I mean, that's the real question. When you move, having been in a church, fairly regular church-going person, why don't you go back? And Dave, did you? Well, answer that? Yeah. I, well, there's new rhythms, right? You got to, you're trying to get into a new place. There's new rhythms. Uh, it's intimidating to go back and to go try to get back into a situation where you don't know people. Uh, they talk about in the article about how important belonging is. And so you're trying to re-engage as belonging, but now from an outsider and you've probably been quite well belonged in the church you just came from. And so, yeah, I, I can see it being difficult, at least for a while, to, tr- to get the new rhythms going, to mm-hmm. get the kids in school, to get whatever needs to get done, and then to try and re-engage with the church. I think if, if you were in a church where belonging mattered and you loved belonging, mm-hmm. right, and you would go to a new city, you're going to be interested in belonging again. 
But I think maybe the problem is that churches don't cultivate a value for belonging and, and just cause people to love it enough so that when they do move, eh, I don't really need this anyway. Maybe this is a time to check out. So it's on us as pastors just to create such a joy and a, and a, and a love for the fellowship that they're eager to seek it when they move. I think there's some things that you and I as pastors can do. I think, for example, we've got a, you know, we've got a family moving from Kitchener to Chatham or Windsor or, you know, Belleville. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you and I, we know pastors in those towns and cities. Um, why not give them a call and just say, hey, this family is moving. He's got a new job or whatever. She's got a new job. They're going to school or whatever. Um, and just give them a heads up and say, hey, you know what? Give them a call. Stop by. Um, mm-hmm. Let mm-hmm. them know that uh, we'd love to see you if, he, if uh, you were to stop by the church. I would do that if, if I knew that this couple were weak and would not likely go to church like they should and they need that extra boost. But a lot of times I find when people move to another city, they say, hey, pastor, do you know a church that we can mm-hmm. connect with mm-hmm. when we go? Mm-hmm. And so we're, we help with that. We say, okay, here's a good church. I'm glad you asked. If you didn't ask, I would probably make a phone call so that you'd get a visit. But you're right. We need to do more to encourage people to um, connect and to love the church. And, and when they do show up, a, a, a new family has showed up to <clears throat> Grandview, for example, right? And I, there's a real, you've got a really good structure in place here. You've got greeters at the door. Um, and, and outside the door, in the cold, we got guys <laughs> standing out there opening the door for you. That's how. Right. So you've got some good structure and you've made, and, and you've done, we've done everything we can to make people feel like they've come to a good place. Um, but then again, you know, uh, what kind of follow up, uh, and that's, that's a tricky one because some people don't want to be really pushed hard. Others are looking for, you know, a phone call or a visit. It's a little bit tricky at that point. Yeah, but you're just, I think, from the platform of the church where a lot of shaping happens mm-hmm. and modeling, um, we need to understand that we can affect the culture of the church just by interacting with uh, team members, the joy that they see, familiarity. We're not stiff. Um, I just think that creates an atmosphere of friendliness. But if they don't see that in the pew, it creates an expectation that isn't met, and it's worse. The end is worse than the beginning. Yeah, and it can't just be done on, even if you're two hours on a Sunday, belonging takes time. And I think we need to be aware of the fact that a lot of people are coming once or twice a month. They got ringette, they got hockey, they got basketball, they got piano lessons, they got they got they got pickleball. Yeah, yeah. And people coming to a church near you, like this one, <laughs> we're starting that up on Monday. Belonging is about trust, and trust takes time. Yeah. And so we need to set a vision. We need to invite people into our homes, not just interact on the Sundays. Okay. Uh, Nobes, can I call you Nobes yeah, of on course. the air? That's what you called me. Yes. Like I think within ten minutes of meeting me, yes. you <laughs> gave me a nickname, so. Andrew Noble, otherwise affectionately known as Nobes. Um, you have something to say about misconception number three that I thought was interesting. The misconception is people leave the church because they've left the faith. They've left the faith, so they've obviously. Why would you go to church if you've left the faith? 
Yeah, so they asked people who have left the church, you know, what they believe. Mm-hmm. And, and many of them hold to evangelical beliefs about Jesus, about God, about the Trinity. And so it's a misconception to say that, oh, they stopped going to church, therefore they don't, you know, believe in God anymore. And so we just need to correct our assumptions about someone. Like I even said to a friend of mine, he was riding his bike by my house and I waved him down and I said, oh, how's it going? Are you still going to that church? And I asked him, I said, is that a God thing or is that a church thing? Because we need to differentiate and then have a conversation based around where people are at. And what they say in this study, and there's a massive study that it's from the book, The Great De-Churching. Mm-hmm. And, and they say like a lot of these people millions of them if you just asked them would you if a friend asked you would you like to go back to church a majority of them say yes they just need a friend to ask them Mm -hmm. um so it's and i and i think sometimes we build this kind of habit of going to church but then if we break that habit then you don't want to go to church after a month of missing it because someone's going to say where have you been what's going on with you you know you get this guilt and so you end up two weeks becomes a month becomes a year and so mm-hmm. there are those people out there that love God, love Jesus, but they just feel guilty or they just feel on the outs and they just need to be invited back. So what do you think makes people stick to a church once they come they on the way out? They're saying, do we want to go back there? Um, I guess it might depend on where they're at spiritually, but I think we should think about the kinds of things, the experiences that they have that uh, might warm them up to coming back. And we have control over that as pastors. Go ahead, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were talking before about belong, believe, you need both, you know, and and even our fundamental belief, Heidelberg Catechism question one, Mm -hmm. what is our only hope in life and death? Well, that we are not our own, but belong to God. Mm -hmm. We belong to God Mm -hmm. and we belong, you know, we just went through Romans. What's Romans 13 say? We are are members one of another, or some Mm -hmm. translations, we belong to one another. We need to have that that teaching, that attitude, and call people perhaps to more than what we are calling them to, not just one day a week or one event or one service. One church I was part of way long ago said, well, you, you, get, you give one hour of, uh, to us on, on Sunday, and then you volunteer one hour during the week. It's a very low mm-hmm. vision mm-hmm. for members. And I think we need to call people to more so that they belong to one another, because they can't all meet you, Bob. Even though you are hospitable and, and friendly, and you go to people's houses and you do visitation, it needs to be an everyone thing. And I think, I think the point of this article was we can't just assume when people don't return to church or are de-churched, they have lost their faith. Right. So we, we can't just assume that when we're dealing mm-hmm. with someone like this, that somehow we've got to start by convincing them that the gospel is true or the Bible is true. No, no, that's not where you start. They haven't lost that part of it. What they've lost is a sense of belonging, a sense of community, and we need to talk in terms of what does it mean to reconnect with community as um, some who have moved and are trying to reconnect, others who have just drifted off and haven't moved anywhere. But the conversation is not doesn't doesn't start with, uh, do you still believe in Jesus? No, oh, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, we sure do. Um, but these yeah, other factors I, are playing in. I want I want to say something with context that I don't really have a lot of time to give. So just give me some, give me a break with this. Um, I I do think though that. Um, 
people need to go to church because it's the right thing to do. It may not always be a happy, fuzzy experience when you go to church, but we need to be sufficiently instructed or catechized that we know we need to go to church, and it might not be a perfect church, so just go anyway and maybe be part of the solution. Um, I just think that we need to have a conviction and people need to be taught that um, this really isn't an option for you. You need to be in a church. Yeah, and we've heard so often in the last couple of years, don't forsake the assembling of, uh, yeah. of God's people, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, it's very clear. And no, not every church experience and not every time you go is going to be a happy, positive experience. There are times that we're, we're flawed people. We, we run into issues and people that are hurtful. Um, we, Dave, you wanted to get to this last point. I, I know I'm interrupting you. Yeah, You're probably yeah, on to something, but you were excited about the last misconception because um, we only have uh, two minutes left. They aren't willing to come back. They've That's gone. a misconception. They're not, yes, they're not coming back. Give up on them. Right. That's a misconception. It's a misconception. They want to come back. They do want to come back. And I think that you and I as leaders and congregation in general, but you and I as leaders need to work off that assumption as well, Mm -hmm. that we enter into the conversation with a very positive spirit, Mm -hmm. knowing that fundamentally they do want to come back. They're just looking for an avenue, a a gateway to get back in and Mm -hmm. to become part of it all. So again, you know, let's be careful where we start. We don't start with... These people are no longer believers, and we don't start with they don't want to come back. Mm-hmm. Those two, those are misconceptions, and that should shape how we approach some of these uh, situations. Mm-hmm. And I think there might be some who don't want to come back, but they should. And um, you just have to have a difficult conversation sometimes with people and just gradually let the Spirit of God uh, work through you to shepherd them and guide them back. But how could you not miss your dynamic church experience when you remember your youth and the happy times that you had, um, and then you're away for whatever reason? You've just kind of lost your way. I think there are people who say, we had a great time. Oh, man, I wish I, could, I wish I could get that again. And they don't know the way back necessarily. And it won't always be the same experience either. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Lorraine and I moved for, to Kitchener, we came from a church that was just really special. Um, we went to a church, and it was really, really good. But And and in, interestingly, demographically, it was very similar to the one that we had come from. But the experience was quite different. Mm-hmm. Not bad, mm-hmm. but it was different. So we were looking for a lot of the same things that we had left behind. And uh, so we had to make some adjustments to mm-hmm. actually fit into this new community and we did. We did quite well, and it was very positive. But So those are, that's a factor that I, we, Lorraine and I have talked a lot about as we go from one to the other. Well, we've talked a lot about this. We're out of time, and we might even be out of space on our little gadget here. So we'll find out if this has been finished recording. Until then, thanks for joining us on Thinking About It. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.